Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and I got my guest former NBA player, Reggie Slate. You there, Slater? I'm here filming the love, brother, filming the love. It's always good to have you on, Red. Uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm visiting my sister in, in lovely Southern California. Uh, so, you know, I am, man, it is beautiful out here. I've, you know, I've been blessed. That I've been able to use basketball as a vehicle to, to, to get me to different places on the map, not only in America, but around the world. And I'm going to tell you what, there's, 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 there's Few places that, that that can that can match the 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 visual that I'm seeing over here. It is beautiful. Where you at, Slate? Where where? I mean, what part? I mean, you in L.A.? Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, no, I'm uh, I'm I'm a little bit from L.A. I'm closer to San Diego by La Jolla. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's Jolla. beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it is flat out beautiful. I feel like just going to the beach and just not talking to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> just enjoying myself, man. You know, I, I'm I'm still coming off the high of that. Man, just unbelievable uh, March Madness, uh, the fantastic things that uh, that were accomplished, and it's just, it's just man, it's just an interesting deal. Well, I, I tell you what, Slate, I want to retire down there in La Jolla. I know exactly where you live, man. That is it's that's like beautiful here. I, I'm a, after this deal here, uh, my sister should be coming home in about a half hour. I'm, I'm staying at her house. I'm like, let's go to the beach. <laughs> Kick it. <laughs> yeah, I had to go down there too. I'll be butt naked, but anyway, we don't <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> we'll say oh, madness. Like you say, I, I wanna get you on, we're gonna talk more madness and first let's go into um I kinda like looked at it um, the other day and I wanted to talk to you about it, you know, get your take on it, because I know how what you're gonna say, but you know, uh women basketball don't get that much pub. And it's, it's sad because I sat there and watched the championship game. And uh-huh. they, they're athletes, you know, and they can play. And, you know, it's it's like great to watch them, you know. And they don't get the pub, they should. Why do you think that is? The, the, who doesn't get the pub that they should? The players? Women basketball. Houses? Man, I don't know. They love it. It seems like they're getting a lot of pub. I tell you what, what I did on Facebook the other day was I posted a comment. And usually, I don't know if you're familiar with Facebook or not, uh, social media. But I put a simple comment on there about whether or not players should be paid. And with the young kid from Connecticut saying that he's gone to bed, starving at night, so on and so right. forth. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but he put yeah, that out that. there. Man, that has just sparked a, a, a treasure trove of, of, of controversy. I had, um, gosh, I'm looking, looking at it right now. I had 40 people comment on that. Some of these guys are former professional athletes. Some of them are from former college athletes. Uh, some of them are moms and friends and good buddies of mine, but everybody has a a, 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 a very opinion. I mean, I think there was close to 70-some-odd thousand people in attendance to that basketball game, which is almost unheard of when you compare the size of a basketball court to a football field. Now, I know in football, you know, it's, it's not uncommon to get to these big Super Bowls and have 70-some 80, 90, maybe even 100,000 people, but that court is so much smaller. So that shows there's a lot of love for the sport and the advertisement going on there. There's a lot of money going on, of course, with the advertisement. 
Uh, now, I will acknowledge that football does generate more revenue, right. but... But 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 they're 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 getting noticed. These guys are getting noticed. I mean, did you watch the game? I mean, it was just unbelievable the talent that these women have. You know, and oh, you know, I you know, I had a talk with my my college coach after the game, and he brought up something that 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 stuck with me. You know, Kentucky had. I mean, they had. I think mostly the the, the unit that was on the court most of the time were freshmen. And Kentucky has become really famous now for that one-and-done thing. The guys stay one year, and then they try to, you know, luck in the pros or two years, something like that. But the majority of the teams that were successful, and I had to go back and do some research and look at this, um, they were um, – they had a lot of players that had red-shirted and that were fourth- and fifth-year guys. Uh, that says to me – that you know, a lot of these successful programs are looking for more mature guys. That a lot of junior college transfers, a lot of guys who have set out one year to mature and to physically, not just bas- uh, basketball sense, but physically mature, and and you know so they can be competitive in this NCAA. And what 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 really came out to me is, man, Kentucky didn't do that. These guys made it all the way to the finals. And they had a bunch of 18, 19-year-old kids on the team. That's amazing. You think, I mean, I heard that coach say, you know, it was the youngest team, you don't want a team like that. But those type of kids right there are hungry. You don't think so? The young ones like that? They're hungry, but, I mean, they don't, it's like they're going into a, a gunfight with a knife most of the time because you don't have the physical attributes. Now, when I looked at those two Harrison twins who are from Houston, and so, you know, I've, I've kind of watched them over the years, those guys, um, their game is more mature than their age almost. I mean, they're, 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 they're physical specimens. You couple that with the, the two big fellas that they had for Kentucky. I mean, they really had, I mean, they had some, they've got, they, they, they've got a heck of a team. If, if they all stayed, you know, they'd be right back in the championship next year if they all stayed, but I, you know, I don't know what's in the cards for those guys. Well, let's talk about that game. What do you think how Kentucky lost that? Because they were young, and Connecticut, you know, I mean, because, you know, youth plays a big part in a big game like that, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You think that's why they didn't win it? Because they had the better team, right? You agree with that? Who's the better team? Kentucky was better. I, I, I don't know. Here, here's what I know. Okay. Here's what I know. You know, there's a there's a saying that I that I that I see as I watch kids just transition from high school to to the pros, and you know you get the deal where they've had people spoiling them from middle school to high school, and some some of them even in college if they're talented enough. But oftentimes your talent gets you somewhere where your character won't keep you. These guys are just kicking tail in middle school and kicking tail in high school, and they think they're gonna kick tail in in college. But, you know, you have to step it up two or three levels and be able to mentally adjust to that. Now, what Calipari has done in Kentucky, he's gotten these guys as the cream of the crop. I mean, I mean, I think, I think the people that recruits that came in there, you know, number two, number three, four, five recruits in the nation. But somehow he's been able to kind of do the Phil Jackson thing and, and, and hold these guys, you know, focus them uh, as a group. And not individuals, so that they can attend to the task at hand. I mean, there's been a couple times I was watching the guy, watching the game, and 
this is what this is what stood out. One of the Harrison twins. Uh, he he had a call that was arguable, and you know he immediately, as like a child would do, started pouting. And uh, Calipari immediately, quick, I snapped my finger, took him out of the game, reprimanded him, but did it in a way so that he the kid's confidence wasn't shook. The kid came back in and continued functioning well. Now during that championship game, I saw the point guard for um, for, for for Connecticut. What is his name? I can't remember his name as. But uh, Napier, Nap, 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 uh, yeah, he Nap, Nap. he did the same thing that 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 Cal Perry did. Now this is a guy who was on a championship team who was younger and didn't play a bigger role. Bigger role. Now he's the man, uh-huh. and he in the middle of a game, because uh, 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 Kentucky was playing a great defensive scheme and was shaking them a little bit, but he had enough mental toughness and strength because he. You know he's an older guy, and he and he wasn't going to be shook to to correct the guy during the game. They actually stopped it and replayed it a few times. I mean that's what Cal Perry was able to do with those young guys, and what 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 what, what, what the fellow from Connecticut was able to do. I mean it's it's just man, it's just that was just a fantastic game. I mean it was just as you see, I sweat, palms sweating. I had to use the bathroom several times. I had the munchies. I was eating all kinds of yogurts and ice creams. And <laughs> I mean, it, man, it was it was that was a fantastic game. That was a fantastic game. Rich, let me, let me ask you this. I know because I came from a JUCO to Wyoming, and I don't mm-hmm. think if I came from a JUCO when I went to Wyoming, I don't think I could have stepped right in because it was just the game was different. You know, oh, for when I came yeah. from high school. Yeah. You know. Yep. But but here's the deal. Uh, you can explain things to a kid, and it takes them a while to process that, as opposed to a guy that's two or three years more seasoned, and he may, may be able to digest it a little bit better. And right now, I think sports is getting bigger and bigger. I mean, you and I, you know, we're, 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 we're in college and high school 25 or so years ago. I think that process has become, there's been more continuity and more fluid if that's a word, uh, between this, it's a seamless transition. Because these guys, because of ESPN and, 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 and the ability to go to these colleges and research and find out how they fit into a scheme. I don't think we had that when, when you and I were at that age. Now these guys have access to YouTube videos to watch how colleges work out in the spring and the summer. They, 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 via text and whatnot that we didn't have 25 years ago, they can communicate and, and guys will talk. Hey, this coach does this and that guy does that. So they are really fine tuning what's best fit for them. And when they do make that decision and go there, they are better adjusted and more well equipped for the scheme and the coaching style, uh, that they're about to step into. Couple that with their natural maturity, that better fits them for, you know, going to the championship. Again, if you look at those teams that were in the Final Four, the Elite Eight, the Sweet 16, they weren't mostly freshmen. These are guys that had a team that had a lot, a significant number of junior college transfers and guys that have either red-shirted, gray-shirted, or in some capacity set out and matured a little bit more, not only for their game, but mentally. Really, there's only a select few that can come out and, and, and can handle that, right? 
Westlake. I oh, mean, absolutely. Camille, oh, absolutely. Camille Anthony, Garnett. Can these young guys come and make a tribute in the NBA? Do you see that with the game that you watch them? Oh, my goodness. You know, um, I'm going to tell you what. It's not often that you see a freshman. And, you know, if you follow the game, you, you know what I'm talking about. A right. freshman hit a game-winning shot in a, in, a, in a Sweet 16, an Elite 8, and then a Final Four, back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. That takes some hustle and some courage. Uh, again, that guy's game is probably well beyond his actual age. Uh, can they make that jump from college to NBA? I mean, some guys do do it. But more often than not, it does not work out. It would not hurt, and I think the new NBA commissioner is trying to change the rules, if I read an article correctly uh, recently, to where these guys get at least a couple of years under their belt. Because it's one thing to to have a bad game and the, the newspaper's on you and, and uh, you know, your coach has to come and kind of be that comforter and counselor. It's another thing when you're in the professional ranks and you have – a bad game, and and uh, you let that get to your head. You may not, be, you may not have a job anymore. You know what I mean? Because there's a fresh batch of twenty, twenty-one year old guys always turning out. So it, it's better to again, if you're going into a gunfight, to come in there with the proper equipment as opposed to some uh, uh, butter knives. And more, I'm speaking more mentally than almost more physically, because it's a tough game. You know, uh, you know, I, I, I was jokingly telling a kid the other day one of the one of the dumbest things I've ever done in my life is is, is grow up because being a kid, <laughs> you know, you get a lot of help and a lot of assistance, especially if you're fortunate enough to get a degree and you're fortunate enough to, for, that people see a lot of potential in you, you know, and they want to be a part of the end product. But when you're a professional, it's it's put up or shut up, you know. But so we've got to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a bit more about that, you know, because I thought, you know, the game was incredible. Just to see the team, how, you know, they look at seeds, but you can't look at what they see, 7 or 8, you know, because uh-huh. there's great players out there. But this is James Loving with Reg. Can we call you La Jolla? Yeah. <laughs> La Jolla, what does that mean? You kick in La Jolla, San Diego. <laughs> oh, yeah, La Jolla, baby. That's <laughs> uh, your nickname when we got La Jolla San Diego. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this is James and Reg. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bench his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Jake Loving, and I'm back with the show. I'm a little jealous of my guest today. <laughs> you know, Rick, it's, it's funny. You know, you tell me, you just told me you're going to Cali. If I knew you were going there, I would pull out there. We could do the show live right there on the beach. <laughs> that would have been nice. Hey, only if we could have had a couple of daiquiris or something out there. Would that would have made the that would have made the interview a little bit more spicy. <laughs> oh yeah, that daiquiri been our coffee. Most people had coffee. We had daiquiri. <laughs> Man, uh, it's good that, you know, you had up there safe and all that. But, uh, man, let's get back to what we were saying. You know, um, I kind of think, you know, college basketball was just like, you know, I'm not a big college guy, you know. I hate really watching because I think, you know, it's a lot different from the pros. And, uh, uh-huh. But that was intense. I mean, it was a really good oh Like goodness. I said, you see the seventh and you look at the seven eighth seed. And everybody, oh, this is the first time a seven eighth seed was in. You can't look at the seeds, can you, Red? Absolutely not. You know, it's, it's, it's you know it's, it goes back to that saying. You know, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's, 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 it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the fight in the dog. I mean, numbers at some point don't become irrelevant. They mean as much as you want to put into it, because at any given night, anybody can lose. You know, you never know. And there was such. I get back to there was such talent. My 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 usual response when people ask me, "Do I watch college basketball?" because I was very fortunate enough to play in the professionals, I always say I usually do not watch them because they look like little kids to me. They look like undeveloped men. But I'm going to tell you what, that was some, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at some fantastic athletes, student athletes out there the other day. These guys were mentally tough. They were well coached. They were fantastically blessed with athleticism. They were hitting some ginormous shots. 
I mean, it was. I mean, this was this was this was a fantastic March Madness. Chris, what? Let's let's talk about what you play, and then what you see now. What you see different than the game? You see it faster or more? You know, what's different when you played it than what you see now? Well, I I think it's it's been a transitional period because again, I go back to when you and I were you know twenty five. 27 years ago, we did not have the ESPN and whatnot. And we were trying, whether it was football or, or basketball, you always focus on the fundamentals. Once you conquer the fundamentals, all the flash and dash comes a little bit later. Now, we went through a period in the mid-'90s with ESPN, in basketball at least, where all the kids wanted to focus on were the top ten highlights. These guys couldn't do a basic left-hand layup to save their life. They could do behind-the-back passes and all this other type of crazy stuff. It, and it was reflective in the NBA because you had a lot of guys that, were, that could either post down low and score or shoot three-pointers. There was no in-between game or very rare to see. Um, but, but it's starting to get back to where that fundamental thing is, is coming into play. The difference between the, the college game now and then I don't know. I can't say. It. I can't say if it's any faster, and I certainly can't say if there there were any any. I can't say that it's any better. I, I certainly can't say that because you know I start thinking about that UNLV team that won in 1991 with Stacey Osman and Larry Johnson right. and all those guys. Those guys were killers. <laughs> those guys were killers, as are the guys now. Um, but but I think now, and this is just my. Uh, suggestive thought on this, I think now, and where I'm coming from is because I have some friends that are NBA coaches, because money is such a big deal, and even though you and I were courted by coaches, high school, college, whatnot, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is, is multiplied in its intensity over the years, so much so that you know, usually champions find something in their belly, in their gut. And, you know, that's why you get these guys, uh, you know, they're just tough. And they weren't scared to get hurt, hit. They weren't scared. They, 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 they knew what they were, so it didn't matter what the outside force said. You know, there's an old African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do you no harm. So these guys know who they – I think back in the 80s and 90s, those players were tough because they came from the street. Yeah. You know, and not to say that the guys now aren't, but I think that it is more common now for guys to, if they run into adversity, is it's, it's easier via telephones and texts and whatnot to say, Mama, I'm all right, man, Mama. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Whereas, you know, back when we were younger and, and we have our down spots, you know, you just have to go soak your head and think about it for a while. And you have to sit there and think. And challenge yourself and say, well, damn, do I want to go out there and get my ass whooped again? Or do I want to go and, 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 and figure out how to win? You know what I mean? Because sometimes when you provide the answer too quickly, it, it, it handicaps as opposed to hurting. But I mean, I, there's no disrespect to the guys that are out there right now. There's some fantastic athletes out there. I think that some of the access, because of the scouting services and the coaches, like I said, it's more than when we were. Uh, younger, I think those are more crutches that can enable bad habits from players, whereas we didn't have as many enablers. 
know, you either made it or you didn't. Red, you brought something up I was just thinking I want you to talk about, too. You said, you know, you do your homework on them. You know, I looked at the um, football thing when they had pro day for all the athletes, you know, they go work out for team. But, you know, you look at their work habit, you know, how they play their athlete. How can you tell a person that they ain't right? I mean, mentally, like, because you only see them so, you know what I'm saying, on the field, you rarely see them off the field. How can you tell a person that a kid is not mentally Right, for that. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I can because I have friends that are D1 coaches, and one of the first things they do is they look at the parents. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because the food yeah, ain't gonna fall you know, from the tree. You know, most of those people grew up in you know, you know, bad neighborhood. But the parents, I mean, look at what they I, I don't know. If the, I don't know if it's the neighborhood so much, it's, but it's if the parents are continually again, if you're enabling them so much to the effect that. That that the, that you're actually recruiting the parent as opposed to the to the, the kid, and that's a whole different ball game. That's something else they have to consider because they're going to have to have you know they're going to have to live with another adult testing them on every single move times ten or twelve on a basketball team or sixty on a football team uh, for their career, and nobody wants to go into that. You no, know, it, it's, it's better to build young men than repair broken adults. It's better to build young men and women than repair broken adults. And that's what coaching does. But when you enter a situation where you're, you're having to compromise your thoughts, that's, 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 that's something that coaches aren't interested in. I, uh, so you, you, sit, you 10, 11 years in the league, you tell me it's harder for a coach to repair you than a younger kid? Aren't you already... I'm set in a way to know what to, you know? If you're a professional and if you made it for 10, 11 years, then you you got some type of discipline in you. Okay, if you made it that long, you've got some kind of discipline in you. Now, it's the guys that, that, that make it, to get drafted, and then they, get, they, get, they start drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit too fast. Mm. And your focus, instead of being the best player and the, being the best professional and, you know, that you could be, when, when the focus goes from that to I want to be the best partier and I want to uh, be the best uh, joker on the team, that's when, that's when the focus is, 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 is turning in the wrong direction and those guys aren't going to last. They're not going to last 10, 11 years. It's a moot point. You can't compare the two because the guys that last 10, 11 years, they know, look, I've got to eat right, I've got to sleep right, I've got to fill my head with positive thoughts. You know, again, it's so it's so competitive. You know, when I was one of the one of the guys I loved playing against is uh, is Charles Oakley. I played with him um, in Toronto, and Charles Charles was a tough dude. And we had some practices, man, where it was uh, I and mean, it was rough. It was rough, and uh, I could uh, you know I could have left practice and said, well, shoot, I don't know that, right. I don't want to touch that. Or I could have just said, look, I've worked hard to get to where I am right now. This guy has some things that I can learn for. So give me some more. <laughs> I want some more. You Were you I mean? hungry, Red? Huh? Were you hungry when you was there? Oh, starving, dude. Starving. And, you know, one of the things that I tell, and I just made this comment the other day to somebody, you can't, not only can you not be afraid to fail, 
or be afraid to lose, and you don't want to lose, but you can't be afraid of it. But whatever fear that is, until you conquer that fear, and then you can make the statement, look, I've been through being afraid of X, I've been afraid of Y, I've been afraid of Z. I've conquered that, and now I'm here. I've been here for 11 years. Until you can make that statement, you're not, you know what I mean? That, that's, those are qualities that create champions because they not only confront their fears, but they conquer their fears. And what are fears? Fears are things that we think of in our mind. We project. So if you made that up, you can unmake it. How do you unmake it? By knowledge. Well, shoot, I found out that going out there and, and going chest to chest with Charles, he wasn't going to pull a knife on me. <laughs> you know, I found out that that guy actually respects me. And he respects people that stand up and bring their hard hat to the table. And so that's what I learned. You know, and that's how it works. But we'll take another break. We'll come back. We'll talk. I got a, a good question for you. I want to hear your answer on that one, too. And then we'll yeah. try and get into some NBA, see what's going on with the playoff. But this yeah. is Jane Lovin again. I'm jealous of my guest today. He pulled a trick-or-treat on me. He out there in La Jolla, San Diego. Greg, what's the weather out there? Uh, dude, I don't know, but I'm just in. I mean, it's so beautiful. It's just it's beautiful. That's the weather. It is flat-out beautiful. That's what the weather is. <laughs> well, we'll be right back with that beautiful, that what the weather is. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Jay Love back with Loving That Sports Talk with my guest, Red Slady. Is that Red? Feel the love, brother. Feel the love. 
this is a great show. It got me smiling. I just got a phone call, and one of our guys that we play with, great friend. Plus, I got to put this out there. You know, um, I did an event uh, a couple years ago of a young lady who was dying of cancer. We put on an event to raise money for her health. Um, this young man um, that, that helped us, man, he he got a hold of all the players that play. You know, in the fitness demo years, the um, uh, got really got a hold of all the guys from me and, and hit everything set up where they signed autographs for us. So I just want to put my hand out there, Red, for Rod Tyson, man. He made it happen for that young lady. For him to do that, hey. you know, that's special. Yeah. You know, Rod, Rod, Rod is a, a, a little background on Rod, man. He is a, I, I don't know how much old Rod is for me, but, 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 you know, going in, every, every young kid needs some guidance. Every young person getting into any type of anything needs a veteran to show him the ropes. And Rod was that for me. I mean, he, he kind of showed me the ropes on a great many things. Um, and, and, and sometimes with the back of his hand as opposed to a handshake, you know, is one of them deals where I say, you know, you got to conquer. <laughs> you fear sometimes. I'm like, well, this dude's crazy. But, but, but he is a good person with a ginormous heart and has helped a lot of people. Man, he put that, had everybody there for that event for that young lady, man. It was, it was something. I didn't have to be out there. Riley Love, I'll take care of it, man. I got it. Don't worry. He got, man. So I just want to definitely put that out there, you know, what he had did. And plus, he's been on the show. I don't know why he don't call in anymore to be on the show. He's listening right now. But he told me to throw this out there. He told me, I'm not asking you any tough questions. So my question to you is, who beat you one on one back in the day? That, hey. <laughs> here's, here's, here's the deal. If you play against Rod, it's not going to be a regulation game because there's only so many fouls that you can have. You don't, you don't, you know, because once you know, once you get past four or five fouls, and you know, you're gonna foul out the game or something. Rod would not let he would foul you so bad that you can't even lift your arms. I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm I'm, a, I'm an African American male. But he would hit me so hard, my arms would turn black and blue. It's crazy. <laughs> you hit a shot, you may, you'd never be able to hit, raise your hands up again. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. He told me he beat you, uh, Slate. You know, I'm just throwing that out there, you know. Well, he he beat me as a freshman, and I don't think we ever really played a, a, a real game after that, you know. Uh, you know, I adjusted a few things over the summer from my freshman and sophomore year. I, I gained some weight, stayed in the weight room, watched some film. I put a picture, like Rocky back in the day, I put a picture of Rod over my locker. I knew who I had to defeat. I knew how, who I had to conquer. I knew who I had to mentally overcome. And I figured if I could go through that, Buster following me so bad, I can go through anybody. <laughs> you should have put the rules. You only get six fouls, Rod. You know. <laughs> oh, well, but that is good, though. He is, like you say, one of those guys. I remember we used to always play. We come back play at Washington Park. I'm like, man, uh -huh. I'm gonna take Rod down low. Man, he throw it on uh, elbow and knock me out. Of there. I'm like, God, Rod, damn. All right, all right. And, you know, now he's officially retired. So now that we're both older, he won't even give me the the, the chance. You know, he, he told me he was officially retired, retired about five years ago. So, you know, it, you know it, it's just like playing. It's just like when people talk, start talking about MJ and LeBron playing in their prime. It ain't never going to happen. <laughs> I know um, Sean Wiggins is one of the guys who play with him. Um, I know he's seen Rod's daughter play. 
He said, man, uh-huh. that is one talented young girl, you know? Um, oh, she, had, she had a good teacher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. going to tell you something funny. Uh, Rod and I laugh about this all the time. About seven or eight years ago, I was just jacking around on YouTube, and I found the, uh, I think it was Wyoming playing Loyola in the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, Rod was in the game. Yeah. Threes and fouling like he always fouled. Right. And yeah. so, you know, just a kicks and giggles, I called him on the phone. I said, uh, hey, Rod, man, did you know you're on YouTube? And he he didn't know what YouTube was. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Slate, what's a YouTube? <laughs> what, what, what is a YouTube? <laughs> I, said, My Lord. I said, I know Laramie's a couple of years behind, but oh, yeah. Man, yeah. come on. Hey, hey, when I got out there, I met Rod, like, he had them cowboy. I'm like, where are you from? <laughs> you, you wailing the behind. He's like, well, you got a Jerry curl. Where you from? <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. That is funny. But did you see, you, you talking about the NBA, did you see LeBron uh, uh, get his uh, dunk? That's what I wanted to tell you. Is is that that he just just a lift he don't have because of season, or was that just a good? I mean, play. Dude, that was a good play. That was a good play. You know, know, I think back. I think I think back. Now, let me tell you something. LeBron is, in my opinion, he's the most dominant athlete out in the NBA right now. But whatever you say about the NBA, you still have to be competitive to participate in that. And, you know, I, I remember back when uh, his first, second, or third year, uh, he, he got that nickname King James. And there was a lot of guys that didn't like that because it was like, man, they're giving this guy all this credit, and he hadn't accomplished anything. Now, since then, he's accomplished and, and, and collected quite a few accolades. But, you know, for him to, 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 to come to the goal, as he should, strong, and think that he won't be contested, I mean, even MJ was contested. It's just that MJ got through it. I mean, that, that's, just, that's just an example of, you know, that's a competitive spirit. Now, this kid that blocked his shot, he has a highlight reel, reel that I looked at. He played at Duke a couple of years ago, and this guy off of a missed uh, layup caught the ball in the air, and I'm trying to be as descriptive as I can, caught the ball while in the air, put it between his legs, a la Dominique Wilkins, and dunked it behind his back. And this kid has hops. So, I mean, it was <laughs> – I could see how this guy could have blocked a, a, a LeBron's shot. This, this, this is – that wasn't a fluke. This guy had serious hops. Rich, I, I'm kind of glad you jumped on that because I was going to go there. You know, is uh, Miami wearing down because Dwayne's not in? I mean, I heard um, LeBron make a comment, you know, well, you know, I, he was kind of being nice, but I said, Dad, we need Dwayne back. What is going on? Is Dwayne – in his last year or two? Well, if you look at Dwayne's history, he's always been a bit uh, injury-prone. And you have to be careful with anything that Pat Riley is associated with because they'll, you know, he, he's the king of mind games, and they're just setting somebody up to get crushed in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, think, I think LeBron is still that good. And he's in his prime right now, I'd say. He's still that good where... Where, where I mean, he almost carried teams to the championship and got to high levels when he was younger. Now, imagine what he can do right now. Now, that's not to say he doesn't need help. Um, and, and, and I'm sure, you know, they'll rest Dwayne up and, and get him ready for the playoffs. 
but he's he's a heck of a player, and you know, you know, it, it, it would not be unusual for me to think that that he's just um, playing lame right now. He's got they're, they're they're a good team, they're a good team. They're waiting for somebody under underestimated so they can railroad through, win three or four in a row, and then rest. <laughs> you know. Do do you see um, this injury with Dwayne you know, a problem later on down the playoff? I mean. Before they get to the championship, I mean, it's like he got wear and tear on him right now. Oh, he's got wear and tear on him. He, but that's not anything new. Um, I think they have enough good role players um, around them that if Dwayne doesn't or is incapable of bringing his A game, uh, I think they have enough good players that they could still be ridiculously competitive. Uh, even without Dwayne. Now, that, that makes them much, that much more lethal when Dwayne is on his A game. But even if he's not, it's, you know, it's like, uh, you know, Ray Allen was sick a few weeks ago. He had the flu. And all of a sudden, you start seeing Rashard Lewis. And he was, I mean, he was bringing it. I mean, he was, he was filling in the, 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 the void. You know, they've got players in there that are dedicated. They're, they're, they're hungry. They're waiting for that chance. Okay, I'm going to throw this at you. What's going on in Indiana? Everybody's talking about that's going to be the team to beat us. They just seem like they just took a flop. Man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they need to foul more like Rod, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, it's hard for me to say what, you know, because obviously I don't know what's going on in the locker room. But, you know, Basketball in basketball games and in the season, it's a game of run. You're gonna have your high times, you're gonna have your low times, and you know you can't win the race until you stay in the race, unless you stay in the race. So you know it's very important for those guys in that locker room just to stay focused, tough times or not, and and keep moving forward because they have they have a great team. You know why did they hit this rough patch? Why that team? I don't know. Why not that team? That's just the way life is sometimes, you know. But 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 as long as they stay mentally focused, they should be they should be all right. Well, uh, Red, we got to take a long break. When we come back off our last break, you know, we got to talk about those Knicks. What you think, um, Carmelo Anthony going to do, and what feel, and we'll talk about uh-huh. New York, see what's going on with them. But this is Jay Lund, my guest. I'm jealous of Red today. He's in California. <laughs> You don't have that saying, go where in the world is um, Carmen San Diego, right? <laughs> we'll be right back. Uh, Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? (laughs) 
Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, also Loving That Sports Talk and my guest. Like I say, it's always a pleasure to have him on. You know, he took time out, you know, all on a little trip here in San Diego to be on the show. So thanks again, Red. That's all right. That beach is calling my name, though. <laughs> hey, it'll be one of those drinks. I'll be there. <laughs> well, Red, yes, we you know, last part of the show, I want to get in the New York Knicks. They hired Phil Jackson, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. up in the front office. You know, two questions for you. One, do you see Fields coming down to coaching? If not, who do you think he'll hire as a coach? And then two, is Carmelo Anthony going to stay at the Knicks? Well, I think Carmelo, I'm trying to answer him as best I can. I, I don't think uh, I don't think Phil is going to come down as a coach. I think he is best suited as the puppeteer pulling the string. Uh, he, he does that very well, and his history shows that. He has a great way of psychologically, um, you know, getting out what he wants from the people that work for him. He, he seems to be a master at that. I was, I was fortunate enough to talk to a friend of mine who played for Phil Jackson, a fellow Wyoming guy, Phil Radliff. And, you know, he, he would tell me some of the stuff that goes on in the huddles and whatnot. And I was amazed. I'm like, wow. Phil got away with saying that? He's like, yeah, man, he's Phil. <laughs> but he said with a calm expression on his face. And, you know, he's basically ripping you apart. But he's saying it with a smile, and a, you know what I mean? And guys have to think about it for a while. They're like, wait a minute, did he just chew me out? But, okay. but, but you know, it's all in the mental attitude. So, but do I think he's going to come? Do I think he's going to coach? No, I don't think he's going to coach. You know, and if you remember in his latter years in L.A., he had those, uh, I think it was a hip problem or something uh, that, 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 that restricted a lot of his traveling. I don't think he's going to coach. Uh, will Carmelo stay there? I think he is at a stage in his career where he can demand and the Knicks or whoever he's with has to commit to building the team around him. Uh, hey, Rich. Well, yeah. I mean, cut you off, but I, I have to, I have to bring this up. I have a young man online. We didn't know. Right. Did he, did he beat you in basketball? Legislator? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just going to go out on, on a limb and say no. He had no chance to beat me. And Bro, I heard him talking. About, I heard time. I heard him talking about me following him, which was true. Why you I was trying, all the time? But I gave you the ball back. And I told you to shoot jumpers. Was, you ain't going to be driving in dunking on people. You got to shoot jumpers. <laughs> and he didn't want to shoot no jumpers. So you know, and and that's the one thing I, I could want, do is shoot jumpers. I didn't, 
I didn't want to shoot any jumpers because I was afraid you were going to hit me in my stomach when I jumped up. That's why I didn't want to shoot any jumpers. Man, I was only tickling you, man. Come on. You, your memory is bad, man. Again, again, I'm, 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 a, I'm an African-American. When I start bruising and having black and blue bruises, that's something serious. Hey, you know, you know I saw the potential in you. So I was trying to get you ready for the next level, man. You know, I was hitting the bank on you a little bit. You saw the potential in me and being a human body bag. That's what you saw the potential in me. being a player. You saw me. He's like, I want to hurt this guy and see, you know, just my anatomy projects with him. Hey, Rob, what was the score when y'all played? I don't remember the score, but I know I was on the good end every time. I was always on the good end. But, hey, you know, score, it was always better when we played together because he would dominate inside, and if he saw me outside, he'd kick it to me, and, you know, I'd shoot it. So, <laughs> Rob, what do you think about what we were talking about, you know, get into it, you know? Um, I know you, we talked, we jumped to the pro, but what do you see in the college basketball? You was a coach for the women, uh, for the young girls out there in high school. What do you see going on now? Well, it's like, it's like Slate was talking about, you know, you can see so many things on videos and and get all these things, but a lot of stuff that's missing is all the fundamentals. I mean, they, they stop calling travels now. They do it so much, it's part of the game. You can get an extra step. It used to be, that was you couldn't do that. So I think a lot of stuff is missing. Uh, the NCAA Final Four was unbelievable, though. All the games were great. Um, I, I enjoyed watching all of it. But fundamentally, if you're a fundamental team and you're a seasoned veteran team, you're probably going to win most of your tough games. Ready? Well, just going to reiterate what I said. After looking at the participants that got to the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, the Final Four, with the exception of Kentucky, which you know, I'm going to call them an anomaly, uh, an exception, most of the participants on those teams were guys <clears throat> that were junior college transfers or guys that had set out and matured both physically and mentally. I mean, again, it, when I'm, again I, I go back to what I said earlier in the program. The different, the, Caleb Perry does an excellent job of orchestrating, disciplining, focusing, and structuring his team. However, when they had a player on uh, the Shabazz fellow, I, I believe his name is, Vector Shabazz, for Connecticut, who was doing that, it was almost like watching an early 80s Magic Johnson Lakers team. And if you guys remember that, uh, 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 it was like having a coach on the floor, you know what I mean? Or Jordan when he played, and I was out, and I can physically, uh, you know, attest to that. When you get a guy that is so in tune with the coach that it is, if they are speaking out of the same mouth, then then you know you got to win. Right, I agree with that. I agree with that for sure. I mean, you can tell that they were a veteran team that they didn't get rattled at all. That, uh, Kentucky made a little charge back at them. Didn't do anything to them. They just they t- they took good shots. They made big shots. They were just ready to go. I, I can say that Kentucky team was impressive because I didn't really get that far because they were so young. Yeah, that was yeah, that's the thing, Rob. These guys were all eighteen, nineteen years old, and two of those guys, the Harrison twins, again they're from Houston. So I've you know I've, I've either heard about them or and whatnot. They've had a following for years. Um, and, um, and you know, it's one of those deals where they could have went to Kentucky and burnt out or they could have kept improving. And it's, 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 um, 
for, for Calipari to be able to handle all those egos and focus these guys as well as he did, that's that's a credit. That's a credit to his coaching ability. No doubt. Uh, he definitely but, a good coach. I I mean everybody was questioning him during the during the year, but he he had a plan in mind and he got them to think even his even his post post game comments, they need to grow up, they need to play as a team. And when they did, it was it was unbelievable. I know, you know that you know that saying. The thing about smart people is that real crazy people think that they're crazy. Guys, I want to ask this question. I hear two things are saying the coach is not a big part of the game. They don't play the game. Do you guys, Reg and um, Rod, think coach is a big part? Go ahead, Rich. Absolutely, because the coach is going to identify the the. The coach is going to identify what this team is all about. You, you look at a Pat Riley team, they're going to be tough. Remember when Pat Riley was coaching uh, New York and Miami, and they had uh, Charles Oakley and, and Anthony Mason and these guys that were soon as spit in your face as opposed to shake your hand? That's their identity. Remember the championship teams with Phil Jackson when they're playing mind games? These guys will talk to you, smile at you, and then go cut your throat. That stems from your leader. Your leader is the one that guides you into the direction that you need to be, and everybody else fills in the gap. Once you, if you have a good leader, because otherwise you got a bunch of 18 to 22-year-old guys that are shooting from the hip. They need guidance, and that's that coach's job to bring out the best of these kids. You know, being a coach myself, I always, even in intense moments, I always try to portray calm. I'm trying to role model for them what they have to do when they're out there. They can't, you can't get rattled. You can't get too high. can't get too low. A uh, game will ebb and flow all the time. You just have to be ready for whatever happens. I like that word, ebb and flow. I have to look that up. I am, too. I'm Googling right now. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we got to go. But, Rock, come on, man. You got to do a whole show with us. You know hey, man, I mean? you know, anytime, brother, anytime. I, I got your number and, um, you know, Slate, hey, we do it all the time. But, Rod, definitely got to get you on for a full show. For sure, man. Mama. Hey, I, hey, I love coming on here. I want to thank you again for inviting me on your show, um, and, um, and and I appreciate you know you guys listening to me. And I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna, I'm going to enjoy Southern California as much as I can. It is flat out beautiful out here. And uh, Rod, hey. I know it's snowing over in Laramie. But I love it there too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Well, the sun is shining, but that wind is definitely. On high. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See y'all next week. All right. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.